Hey everyone, it's Greg Campion here. Welcome to another episode of Intentional Wisdom. My guest today is Josh Bonatal. Josh is the VP of Performance for Future, a technology-enabled company tackling the massive opportunity that is one-to-one fitness coaching. Before joining Future, Josh served as assistant athletic trainer with the Chicago Bulls and as head of training for Purdue University's men's basketball program. I wanted to have Josh on the show to talk about coaching. Uh, I believe that some of the technologies that we're seeing proliferate today from wearable devices like the Apple Watch and Whoop to mobile technologies like FaceTime and even texting are about to change what's possible in the world of coaching, especially when it comes to fitness and nutrition. Josh and the team at Future are really on the cutting edge of this trend. And in the discussion, we talk about their ambitions to bring personalized coaching to the mass market. I am personally very interested in the people, the products, and the companies that are driving where we go next in the world of self-improvement. And Josh is definitely one of those people. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Before we get into it, just a reminder to subscribe to Intentional Wisdom, the newsletter. If you miss an episode of this podcast, don't worry, I have got you covered. I send one email every other week with one idea or strategy to help you make small improvements in your habits, your motivation, your physical and mental health, even your career. And I'm typically building upon the ideas that I learn on this podcast from guests just like Josh. So check that out at gregcampion.substack.com. And without further ado, here is Josh Bonatal. All right, Josh, welcome to the podcast, man. I appreciate you having me. It's uh, It's been fun kind of getting to know you a little bit through Twitter, seeing everything that you're putting out there, all the great work. And so I feel like this is long overdue, but I'm excited to finally connect and, <laughs> and have this discussion. Yeah, man. Likewise, likewise. And, and, uh, and I have to, let me just thank you up front for that. You've been super supportive of me on Twitter. Uh, I feel like you're a little bit ahead of me and in, in your kind of Twitter journey, you got sort of like 6,000 something followers <laughs> last time I checked. And, uh, so I, I, I gotta like triple mine to catch up with yeah. you, but, uh, you've been awesome and really supportive hey, and super positive. The, so thank you the, um, for that. Oh, of course. The, the way you're going, I think you're going to be just like a lot of these other people. I saw Dave Klein, when he was first coming up, you know, he had a thousand. I'm like, man, this guy is putting incredible content and he's lapped me about five times now. So I feel like that's going to be no different. With oh, yeah. You. Yeah. He's he's getting into all star all star territory. <laughs> um, speaking of all star territory, you, you've got a, you've got some experience with all stars, I think, um, in your background. So uh, for those that don't know you, Josh, uh, so you are VP of performance at Future, which is a I'm describing it anyways as a technology-enabled fitness coaching company. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll talk all about that. You're also a venture partner at uh, TXV Partners, yep. um, an early-stage VC fund focused on human performance. First of all, I'm kind of jealous of those roles. I want to I want to ask you how you got there. So, so maybe let's let's start there. Like, tell me a little bit about um, your background and kind of how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So I'll. Um 
I'll try to breeze through it, but then certainly we can dive deeper into any aspect of it if it's interesting. But, um, you know, I grew up a small town in Wisconsin, about an hour and a half north of Chicago, born in the 80s. So 90s was my prime childhood years. And of course, I was a diehard Bulls fan. Basketball was my entire life. And I was the annoying little kid that you couldn't tell me any different. I was going to play for the Bulls one day. And like, unbeknownst to me, I wasn't that good at basketball. In my head, I was like really good, but turns out, you know, I wasn't. (laughs) And um, I think along the way, I at least had enough kind of wherewithal about me of, of, well, you know, on the off chance I don't play for them, like, you know, I could get injured or something and, and it doesn't happen. What's another way in. (laughs) And, um, so I think I was fortunate because that led me on my path to, you know, fitness and performance and, um, strength and conditioning, uh, very early. I was trying to sneak into the YMCA gym when I was probably in fifth grade or so I was going out and running five K's. I had no idea what I was doing, but I believed that it would help me become a better Mm -hmm, basketball mm -hmm. player. And so I kind of poured myself into that. And then probably late high school, I started to realize that this was a real job, you know, being a sports performance coach, strength and conditioning coach, um, and actually training the players and being a part of a team um, in in that Mm -hmm. way. You know, I'd really fallen in love with that process. And so that became kind of my backup plan, so to speak. So I started studying, you know, who are the people in positions I would hope to one day get to, which was ultimately be the head strength coach for the Chicago Bulls in in my mind. And, um, you know, success leaves clues. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was looking at what are the commonalities of Mm. those people and their journeys? What uh, are some of the outliers? Um, And I started to try to, you know, put myself in those positions to follow in their footsteps. So doing a lot of various internships and volunteering and just reaching out to people throughout, you know, even late high school, but certainly throughout college um, and was fortunate as soon as I graduated college, my very first job out of college, it was actually an internship, was with the Bulls. So literally, I graduated and I started with the Bulls, you know, that wow. that next week. That That's that's amazing that that was like your lifelong dream to be associated with the Bulls. And then like your first job out of college was with the Bulls. Like, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and it's wild. And, and a story I always like to tell is, is actually... Um, I think it was either my first or second week as an intern. I was commuting about hour and a half, two hours, you know, each way. And I came home one day. I got this letter in the mail. No idea what it was. Opened it up. And it was a letter I had written in third grade um, to my future self. So I had a third grade teacher who did this <laughs> assignment, you know, 15 years from now. Yeah where will you be? What will you be doing? And that letter was literally, it was, it was one line, essentially a a declaration. And it said, I will be the starting point guard for the Chicago Bulls. And so that was kind of like, really, honestly, my first full circle moment was, um, obviously I wasn't, you know, running Mm. point for the Bulls, but I was there, you know, I got in another day, another way, kind of made it, into the, uh, the, the, the team photo, um, so to speak. And, you know, (laughs) I think that's also what propelled my journey was realizing in that moment that I had thought by the time I'm 35, I want to be head NBA, high major college basketball strength coach. 
Uh, and now here I am 22. And even as an intern, that's my dream job, you know? Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. if that's all I've set the bar for myself, um, I've set the bar pretty low. And, and mm, so I think mm. that's what kind of catapulted my journey ultimately of realizing it's not about the destination. It's, it's about that journey. Um, and over time I realized to me, the journey was helping empower other people, helping create opportunities for other people. And so, you know, fast forward, I was able to leverage my year as, as an intern with the bulls into a full-time role as the assistant. And I spent the next three seasons as the assistant strength coach with the Bulls. My last year was the year Derrick Rose won MVP. Um, so some really good years there. Oh, wow. Out of that, that put me in a position um, where I was recommended to, to take over as the director of performance for Purdue University men's basketball. Mm. And um, that was a great opportunity because it, it allowed me to now step out on my own and build a program um, and really build a program from scratch because surprisingly, um, they didn't really have anything in place prior to the time I got there, which was great as a you know, young 27-year-old um, and Coach Painter, our head coach, gave me a lot of latitude and trust um, mm. to just do what I believed would help our players and help our team collectively. So it, it, it gave me the freedom to experiment a lot of things and, and to really you know, learn and grow as a coach, spent seven years there. And at the end of my last year, in sort of pursuit of like building this bigger platform, it led me down this path of why couldn't I be the GM of an NBA team? Mm -hmm. And so I, I did the same thing. I started, you know, I was studying people like Theo Epstein, Bob Myers, to learn from their journey. And the thing that stood out to me was um, each of them in particular, uh, they had their JD. I knew I couldn't go from being a director of performance straight into a GM role. Mm -hmm. Like there's mm -hmm. something I have to do to kind of rebrand myself. And um, so I, I had about two months to take the LSAT. I was like, went out, bought the the oh, prep wow. materials that, that day, studied for it, took the LSAT. And that was my plan. I was you know, whatever school I, I got, I chose to go to law school or whatever city, um, I was going to be able to work in some capacity in the front office for that NBA team. And so that's, that's what I was getting ready. I thought that was, you know, where I was headed. And out of nowhere, I got an email being recruited for uh, this startup, you know, nobody knew at the time, Seed Stage called Future. And it was something where I think it was really fortuitous, the, the timing of it all, because I was already searching for something that gave me a larger platform. Again, like I said, to, to create opportunities for all of the, the people that I, I feel like I've just been able to continue to surround myself with who are really pursuing and chasing excellence. So I took the call and, and I had no idea what it was. I didn't know anything about the tech world. I didn't know how a startup worked. Like, I, I didn't mm, know if you mm. got paid at a startup. I didn't know, like, <laughs> one of my first questions to some of my friends was like, do I just get a bunch of equity? And if it makes it, I'm rich. And if it fails, I'm homeless. And they're like, Josh, you're an idiot. If they don't give you a salary, it's not a real company. Um, but like, those were the types of questions I was asking. I had no idea coming from the sports world. Um, but you know, very quickly realized 
that this was an opportunity, one, for, for the problem that we're working to solve, which I know we'll get into, um, which is ultimately building preventative health care and helping people live yeah, yeah. longer lives and better quality lives. And so I was going to be able to come in and help set the foundation for how does this even work? How do yeah. we pair you with a high level coach who you never see in person um, and, and give that same type of experience of like someone like Derek Rose gets, you know, and, mm, and athletes mm. I've coached and, you know, pro athletes that you and I and, and kind of the general public wouldn't normally have. Um, and then the second piece of that was uh, build our team. And so in that way, it was sort of like this is a different version of being a GM um, and like a way bigger opportunity of in my mind of mm. you know mm. again creating opportunity for for more people and you know building a culture um getting a lot of talented and diverse people in place putting in them in the right spots to um thrive and develop their superpowers and so i took the leap um and and joined now about four years ago with yeah. everyone advising me telling me that in one year this will fail and now you know Four years later, um, here we are. We're, we just raised our, our Series C at the end of last year. We have several hundred coaches now who are all full-time salaried with us. So it's been been wow. a pretty crazy journey. Man, dude, that, that, is, that is a crazy journey. I mean, I feel like I could do a separate episode with you just on like stories from the Bulls <laughs> locker room because I, I yeah. would want to know. Uh, oh, I'm yeah. sure some crazy stuff went down and you see yeah. a lot of crazy stuff. Um I'm a big basketball fan myself. I'm I'm actually a huge UConn fan. Uh, so unfortunately, they completely blew up okay. my bat bracket my, this uh, my season. My former assistant just took the the head uh, performance coach job at, at UConn. This was his first year oh. there. Wow! Wow! That's awesome. That's awesome. So. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, like my my mind immediately went to like uh, Ben Ben Gordon. Who was there from UConn uh, at the at the yes. It was actually, it was Ben's birthday a couple of days ago. I was just ta- texting with him. Oh, wow. Awesome, man. Awesome. So anyways, that, that's, a, that's a really cool journey. Like the, the point about being a GM is, is really interesting as well and how you kind of thought you were going down that track, but then this turned into something else. I mean, one of the things that I've noticed about you um, on Twitter uh, in, ter- in like how you interact with people is that you, you are like a real connector and a, somebody who's like, looking to like lift people up and like, you're always like, Oh, you know, shoot me a message if I can help this and that. And so to me, like, it seems like there's, there's a natural fit with, with where you ended up with future, but let's talk a little bit about future. Like for those who don't know anything about it, um, I want to talk about, uh, kind of coaching and where we're going with coaching, because I think like a lot of my listeners are very focused on self-improvement. I'm beginning to realize that, any real self-improvement is going to benefit like massively from coaching, whether or not we're talking about nutrition or fitness or even, you know, things like your career. Absolutely. So t- tell me about future. Like, tell me like what the company does and how the model sure. basically works. Sure. Um, well, I'll start with uh, first, you know, what coaching is, because I think that definition is a little bit unclear. And then um, I'll try to give a little bit of uh, context for even why we exist with future Mm. and kind of the origins of it. And so, you know, one, to your point, um, coaching really, it expands well beyond uh, fitness, 
you know, we have executive coaches, we have nutrition coaches, we have, you know, all kinds of, there's a range there. And, and ultimately at its core, coaching is transporting someone from where they are to where they want to go. Um, and I even take it a step further. I think it's, it's also transporting to them to where they never knew they could go. Um, and so you're, you're helping people build confidence and believe and see a vision sometimes that's even bigger than maybe the vision that they see for themselves. And, um, and so, you know, I guess starting from there and, and what a coach is, um, that is central obviously to our thesis with future. And so with future, you know, starting with obviously our CEO, Rishi Mandal, um, who is literally the smartest human being I've ever spent time (laughs) around. He's a astrophysicist by trade. He's literally a rocket scientist, (laughs) um, has done all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, first with NASA, then with Google, then started his own company, then was in venture himself. And so I've heard him on another podcaster too. And I, and by the way, I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And so, you know, he was a college athlete at Stanford. He played soccer there. And so he experienced, um, you know, what that is to have that level of support and coaching for an elite athlete. Like Stanford is one of the top college programs Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. country. And so fast forward, maybe, I don't know, 10 years later, and he's in the venture world, um, specifically focused in the, the health and fitness space. And what kept coming up that he was seeing was, all of the solutions to the problems that we see where you look and, and you see four out of five people are not active enough, if at all. Three out of four people are obese or overweight. Um, and mm-hmm. in fact, four out of five, 80% of us will one day die from a some type of chronic condition um, that most of them are, are largely preventable. It's things like obesity, diabetes, heart disease, hypertension, you know, stuff like that, um, Mm. which ultimately are, we can control and influence, um, you know, there's five things. It's how we move, how we eat, how we sleep, how we manage our stress. Um, And then with older populations, it's if they're on any medications, adherence to medications, but really the first four, um, there's a lot of opportunity there. And so as he's investing in the space, as he's seeing these teams and companies being built, he kept seeing everyone come at it from a reactive standpoint, which is also what you see in the hospital and and healthcare industry um, is it's not until the point at which you become obese or you Mm -hmm. have diabetes Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. And now your doctor can tick a box um, and you qualify for all this coverage and specialized treatment, probably medication. um, When in reality, something could have and should have been done about this long before it ever got to that point. Mm. And so in looking at that, you realize it's actually, it's not a lack of people trying. It's not a lack of available content and resources. In fact, there's an abundance of content and resources and places I can go where I can learn and and how I can manage sort of, you know, especially these four things, how I move, how I Mm -hmm. eat, how Mm -hmm. I sleep and how I manage my stress. Um, But yet this problem not only persists, but it's actually getting worse. And so 
Rishi kind of drew back on his experience as a college athlete when he, when he looked and said, okay, who is the small subset of the population who have solved this problem yep. and how have they solved it? And so he looked at professional athletes and he looked at billionaires, not just mil- but billionaires. Hmm. Um, and what you find is between those two populations, any one of them that cares at all about managing their day-to-day health is overwhelmingly successful. And the reason for that, their solution is the same. They outsource every aspect of their health. So it's not even just they have a you know, personal trainer, performance coach who's managing you know, their workouts and, and, and their fitness, who, by the way, is on demand. They're, they travel with them. They come to their house. They're, you know, they're in mm-hmm, their life mm-hmm, with them every mm-hmm. single day. Um, but even beyond that, they have not just a nutritionist, but they actually have a personal chef who whatever they need to eat, when they need to eat it, it's put in front of them, you know, and, it, and it's that easy and it's, yeah, you yeah. know, made to their t- taste preferences, all that sort of stuff. They have someone working with them on their mental health, mental performance, um, sleep, recovery, stress, all these things. In fact, you see some of these billionaires, they have their own chief medical officer, their own, mm-hmm. like this person wow. manages one human being's health and the team around that. And so, you know, obviously that's the top 1% of 1%. That's not Mm -hmm. available, accessible, affordable, realistic for the rest of us. Um, But when Rishi looked at it, it was like, you know, especially with technology today, that's the missing piece is it's not because you have these amazing products like a Peloton or, or Equinox Gym or even like on demand type of, of content. There's a lot of things out there, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but yet none of it's worked. And our bet, Rishi's bet was the missing piece is having a real person. It's that human yeah. connection. It's it, like those, you know, pro athletes have is is why I was able to have influence and make an impact on someone like Derek Rose is because we're together every single day. I see him every day, seven days a week. Mm -hmm, We mm -hmm. travel together. We, we get to know each other. Um, You're building a relationship there. And so that was kind of the bet is if we can pair you with a real person um, and not just somebody random, but someone who is really an expert, very high level. And in fact, when you look at our team now, um, about 80% of our coaches have, previously worked with pro college or Olympic athletes, 60% have their master's degree. Like these are Mm. highly educated people, um, very well, well versed with like kind of a holistic approach to your, um, day-to-day health and, and, and fitness and things like that. And so if we compare you with someone like that, who genuinely takes the time to get to know you, build a relationship they can then ride the highs and lows of your life with you where, Mm. you know, when you're trying to say, get more active or build better habits around how you eat, how you sleep, whatever. um, Typically, if you fall off, there's nobody there to kind of pick you back up in those moments. Like I could love riding Peloton and ride Peloton, you know, three, four, five days a week. But if all of a sudden there's a change in my life and I stop riding Peloton and I fall off for two weeks Mm -hmm. and then two Mm -hmm. weeks becomes two months, Nobody's checking yeah, in with yeah, me and, yeah. and, and nobody that knows me, nobody that I've, I've built trust. And so that was our bet was we can, we can accomplish that purpose without that person, without that expert actually physically being there with you and yeah. leverage technology, you know, which you see with FaceTime and everything else. If, if we pair you 
remotely, digitally, um, but that person, you know, builds a relationship with you, gets to know you, is there to support you. That's the piece where when typically you would fall off, you have this person in, in your corner to help you to keep going. I'm curious, like how that how that works of like, let's say I signed up for future today and I was like, OK, um, I, I'm sold on this idea of, of getting a coach. I, I agree with everything Josh says about, um, you know, that, you know, that resonates with me. I didn't, you know, when I didn't use my Peloton for two weeks or whatever. And but ultimately, <laughs> I had to find my way back to motivation or whatever. So how does that actually work? Like, tell me a little bit about um Tell me about like what what that onboarding process looks like. Like, I'm curious of how the coach sure. and, and the client get get paired together. And then I'm I'm curious, like you know, like if I signed up tomorrow, like what questions would I have to answer? And then also, like, tell me a little bit about how the actual like interaction with the coach happens. Um, I know you guys use technology and Apple sure. Watches and stuff like that, but like, how does that actually work? And like, what metrics are they able to actually track? Sure, sure. Um... So starting out, you make the decision that you're even interested in this. You come to our, our website and say, hey, I want to do this. I want to coach. The first thing that we do is we, we take you through um, an onboarding survey. And so we ask you a lot of questions about basically your relationship with, you know, fitness and working out and your health and, you know, how active are you currently? How active have you been? essentially, why are you coming to us? What do you need yep. help with? Where can, where can we help you? You know, do you want to lose weight? Do you want to get stronger? Um, do you want to just mix things up? Like you're pretty active already, but you've hit a plateau, things like that. Mm -hmm. We ask mm -hmm. you some things about, you know, your, your nutrition and, and, um, stuff like that. And then anyways, out of that, and this is something that we're constantly working on, the more data that we get, um, we'll prompt you with, you know, a list of, I think it's maybe four or five coaches of, of, you know, based on how you've kind of responded to these questions, mm -hmm. these four mm -hmm. or five coaches seem like, uh, people that could be good fits for you. And, and, and yeah. to be clear, it's not just, um, to help you, like they're very knowledgeable of, you know, maybe you're a, you're a new mom. And so you probably want somebody that has a bit of experience like pre and postnatal, training. Mm. Um, and, and we have coaches that have those types of backgrounds, but it also has to be a fit in terms of the relationship, the personality, how you like to be communicated with, how you communicate, um, what is your personality? So we try to find a fit on that side, but anyways, now, you know, we try to narrow down and, and take away the decision paralysis, which is why we prompt you with those, you know, four or so coaches, you're able to look, see their pictures, see their bios, see their background, see, you know, kind of their philosophies on training and life and coaching. Um, and hopefully one resonates with you. Well, I mean, it seems like it's a pretty important relation. It is. So, um, so I think it's probably, it probably is worth the, you know, spending that time up front to like really make sure you get that right fit. Um, and then the, the communication is really interesting. I think I heard, I can't remember if it was, I think it was Rishi, your CEO who, who mentioned like, uh, early, early on, you guys did like a bunch of, um, trials and in terms of like how people wanted to communicate. And I think he was, I think he mentioned like, uh, at the mm -hmm. beginning, you guys had like a weekly phone call check-in Oh yeah, yep. and I could be getting this wrong, but I think yep. that he said like, 
like the, the the younger cohort especially were like dreading that they were like no it what they just didn't want to do it and so like people like really preferred to communicate through text message so yeah. is that like the main well the two questions for you one is is text like the main way that the communication happens? And then like second question would be like, does do, do like video conferences ever happen or does anybody ever like meet up with their coach in person or is it pretty much like a text relationship? Um, so actually, yes, yes to all of those. And, and, and I'll, I'll get into that. It's now it's largely text. Um, when you look on the whole, the, the highest percentage of interaction is, is going to be text um inside of our app our app ultimately functions um in terms of being able to communicate both ways uh very much what you've come to expect uh you know if you have a an iphone all the functionality of iMessage um and as actually by design our our cto and co-founder justin um was part of the 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 team that built the first ever iphone and he is the one who invented FaceTime and iMessage. And then, you know, his teams iterated out on that. And so obviously for Rishi and building the company and thinking about, you know, how do we pair you with this coach um, digitally and build these relationships? Who better than, you know, the guy that invented FaceTime iMessage to build it? And in fact, across all of our coaches, all of our members, on average, our, our members are texting back and forth with their coach nearly five times every single day, seven days a week on average uh, across the whole. So um, mm. very quickly, mm. the relationship that you build with your coach um, actually becomes probably more regular, more frequent than some of your closest friends and, and even some of your family members. And that's, you know, one of the things that we hear a lot uh, from, you know, members who, especially once they've used it and been with us for a while is like, my coach is just like, that's my friend, you know, and that's some of the relationships that are mm -hmm. coming about mm -hmm. because it's not just the transactional, you know, talking about working out, but it's talking about life. It's talking about, you know, what your interests are, your hobbies, whatever you want to share, you know, and vice versa. So a lot of our members, will, you know, they're talking about their mm -hmm. families, mm -hmm. their kids, they're, you know, sending funny videos of things that their kid did to their coach. You know, it becomes a very intimate um, relationship, but kind of going through in terms of what, what to expect is, you know, the, the sort of first thing that we prompt you once you sign up with a coach is to schedule a, a FaceTime call. Um, and so, you know, we prompt you with a calendar, you select mm -hmm. a time that works for the two of you. Um, and on that call, it's, yes, we're trying to learn more about what are your goals? What have you done in the past? You know, how often do you want to work out? Things like that. Um, but bigger than that, we're, we're really, we're trying to form a tribe, so to speak in, in that moment. So really getting curious about, um, you and, and who you are and what's important to you and, you know, where are you from? You know, like who are the most important people to you? Th things like that. And genuinely taking an interest in, in you and your life. Um, then, what you give to me back is ultimately dots. So I'm collecting these dots. Um, and that's one of the biggest moments is, is that first interaction. I'm collecting these dots to, to even know, um, you know, Greg is, is a Yukon fan. And in fact, actually, coincidentally here, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. my former assistant is the head strength coach for Yukon basketball. So like that would be mm -hmm, a dot mm -hmm, immediately mm -hmm. I would try to connect. And the more that you can connect these dots, you mm. not only you show that you're listening, but you start to form 
um, this sort of concept. We think uh, almost like in, in, in caveman type terms, we think of forming a tribe of like, now I'm, you know, helping to make it so mm. you and me are us as opposed to them. Um, so it yep. could be, you know, it, it could be anything. It could be where you went to school, things like that. But forming that tribe and connecting those dots, I think is what ultimately allows you to start to be more vulnerable with me as a coach and to share and, and, and to be open. Because if, if you're not open, it's going to be harder for me as a coach to help you as effectively as, as maybe I could. Um, but the only way you can be open is by having trust. The only way you can have trust is by forming, forming a tribe. And so, you know, as coaches, we have to earn your trust. And so that's, I think that's the first part. And I think that's also critical why that first interaction and even the first message you get from your coach is a video so that you see them because we, it is digital. So mm. I think immediately we want to humanize that relationship as much as possible. It's also why we really encourage our members, um, you know, put in a profile picture. So every time we are texting back and forth, you see my face, I mm -hmm, see your face. Mm -hmm, there's, mm -hmm. there's a, there's a sense of connection formed mm -hmm. by that. Um, and then again, that, that FaceTime call not being audio so we can actually see each other because we're not there physically in person. Mm. Now from there, the calls, we try to vary based on what, um, what our clients find value from. So some like to do it monthly, um, have like a check-in call others, maybe every three months, every six months, but typically you're having at least a few calls throughout the year, um, with your coach. And sometimes it's just um, impromptu. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're really mm -hmm. struggling with something. So, Hey, let's get on a call and, and kind of figure this out. I feel like I would be a, a high maintenance coaching client. <laughs> I, I, I love, I love getting the, uh, I love getting the instruction, yeah. you know, and, uh, and, and I, I would, I would appreciate having that that check-in. I mean, I think I love, I love the idea of like the personalized service. Like I was, I was thinking about the model. Um, and to me it almost, I don't know if you guys have ever like thought about this or made this comparison before, but I almost like think about it as like almost like an Uber of like fitness and mm -hmm. Uber. There's all kinds of connotations with Uber and people sure. have views on Uber, but like what Uber did was they took technology and connected supply and demand, right? Yeah. There was demand for rides. There was supply in the form of cars and they figured out how to put it together. Mm -hmm. Like there's no question in my mind, like you said, like from the beginning, Hey, like how are billionaires solving this yeah. problem? They've long, long ago figured out that they need help and they need personalized instruction to solve this problem. So I think like regular folks like you and me, we recognize this as well, but mm -hmm. there's been this problem in that we don't have the funds to necessarily be able to get this really high level instruction yeah. like you're talking about. And now it sounds like your solution is basically using technology um, to do that. So I think that's really yeah. exciting from a business model standpoint. I'm sure people are curious, like, what is the cost of this? Sure. And then also, um, like, uh, the met the metrics question, again, mm -hmm. curious, like, what you're mm -hmm. able to actually track. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's $150 a month. Um, and it's something, like, we don't lock you in. It's literally month by month. Um, and, and our thing is, if you're not finding value from this, um, then we're not doing our job. And so we're constantly, you know, trying to work on that. So mm -hmm. especially if you like, we're not, we're not the type of service where 
we want you to just um, forget about it and keep paying for it. And frankly, at $150 a month, um, even if you're wealthy, like you still notice $150 a month. And so we kind of go out of our way even to remind you that you're still paying for this thing if you're not using it. Um, what we find is, and I think this has been part of the thing that has been challenging for us to um, kind of more broadly tell the the value proposition of this and having a coach um, and why this is, is different than um, say, you know, something like a, a Peloton or a Tonal or some, you know, kind of piece of equipment and why it's mm-hmm. also different mm-hmm. than sort of a, a one-to-many content type of, of app that just gives you workouts, but none of them are, are actually mm-hmm. um, personalized. Again, that's, that's part of building that relationship is understanding, you know, truly it's, it's probably more than just working out why you've come to us, but ultimately in getting back to the, like transporting you from where you are to where you want to go as a coach in our case, you know, fitness is, is really the vehicle of that. And so, um, that's, that's where we start. So as we, you know, as now we've taken that, done that intake and understanding where you're at, what you've done in the past, what you want to do. Now your coach is going and building a program that is truly personal to you. Um, they, they build out your program custom, uh, week by week. So every Sunday is when it'll drop in the app and you'll see your workouts for the next week, you know, Monday through Sunday. Um, when you do a Mm -hmm, workout, mm -hmm. Um, you know, you'll open up the app, let's say today, Thursday, you have a workout, I'd click on my workout, um, it's going to open it up. Uh, and, and the first thing I'm going to hear is, uh, sort of a, a voice message an intro from my coach to me. Um, and so they're actually like, you know, maybe motivating me for that workout, giving me some instruction of, of what I have ahead, um, whatever it might be. And then, and then throughout the workout, every exercise that I have, um, I will see, I'll see a video of it as I'm doing it with proper technique. I'll hear in, in my headphones, um, coaching mm-hmm, cues mm-hmm. of how to do the exercise right. And then throughout at different points, my coach will jump in again with more personal messages, um, and things like that. And so all along the way, we're taking the thinking of it, you know, thinking out of it for you completely, which is one of the big sort of bets that we've made is, is why people fail, um, at, you know, managing their health is because we have crazy lives. We have a bunch of other stresses. And then the last thing that we want to do or, or think about is like, what do I need to do to work out? What do I need to eat? You know, things like that. And so ultimately that's what our coaches are doing. Mm-hmm, They're laying mm-hmm, out, mm-hmm. here's, here's the exact exercise you're doing in what order, based on what you have available to you. Here's how much weight you know, they're telling you how much weight you should be mm-hmm. using. So they're, so mm-hmm. even they're eliminating that decision of like, ah, mm-hmm. I don't know what dumbbells to grab or, you know. Are, are they are they able to track and, and monitor your your weights um, over yes. time? So, so I assume yeah. like when you go into your initial consultation, they'll basically be like, okay, you got a Peloton bike, good yep. to know. Yep. You got a bench, you got this much weight. Like I'm kind of describing my own home mm-hmm. gym right <laughs> now. Um, but I would I would describe to them, you know, I got these these sets of uh, dumbbells, yeah. these sets of barbells, whatever. This is what I have right now. And a lot of our clients will send pictures. Our, our coaches will ask to send pictures so you see everything oh, cool, cool. that you have. Cool, cool. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, the other question I had was you mentioned that they're like in your ear, like along the way, like, do you, I can't decide if I would like that or not. I'm kind of like, that would be helpful to like see the technique and the instruction. But then I'm kind of like, I don't know. I think I might need music to like pump out these, this bench press set. Yeah. A good chunk of our, um, members of you know especially as they develop confidence in the different movements they know how to do it or maybe their experience coming in yeah they don't need that instruction so they can just they can toggle off the coaching cues that come with mm-hmm. each exercise mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. the, you'll still hear so you could be listening to your music or podcasts or you know whatever it might be um, but then at the different points when your coach has very intentionally decided to leave a personalized um, message, audio message yeah. for you. Um, you'll always hear that. So you'll just oh, kind of cool. turn off, cool. um, yeah. you know, the, the other more, you know, standard coaching cues. And then, yeah, in terms of, in terms of the weight, um, as soon as you so we get, if you don't have an Apple watch, we give you one, um, or, you know, you put down a deposit. Um, and so we, we loan you one. Um, and then that allows our coaches to not only see, you know, because we're prompting you to um, say if you used a different weight than your coach recommended, maybe you were feeling really strong that day, so you went up five pounds or ten pounds. Maybe you didn't sleep well, so you used a lighter weight. Um, we're prompting you, and you can do it right from your watch to update what weight did you actually use. Your your coach suggested mm-hmm. X weight, but you actually used, you know, Y weight. Um, and so as soon as, as soon as you finish your workout, your coach is going to get a notification of everything that you did. So maybe you, you skipped a whole block of exercises because you ran out of time or it was too long or whatever. Like they'll mm-hmm, see mm-hmm. you skip those exercises. They'll see, um, what weights did you use? You know, did you go up in weight, things like that. And they'll also see all of your activity data, everything that we get from your Apple watch. So they'll see your heart rate throughout. Um, maybe if you, if you did a, a, a bike ride that day or you did a run or something like that, they'll see your distance, your elevation, your pace, all those sorts of mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one, they're going to comment on that right away. Like for instance, maybe you did skip a series, um, they're going to dig a little deeper to understand why did you skip that? Like, was this workout just Mm. too long? Did you not like it? Like maybe you're at a gym and this last series, the pieces of equipment are always super busy. So let's come up with some alternatives. Um, But they're taking that in to literally, you know, update your workouts largely in real time, because even though your workouts are like coming to you on a weekly basis, there's a lot of times where we need to manipulate and change that within the week. Um, based on, you know, so for instance, with that heart rate data, maybe I gave you a a workout that was not intended to be all that high intensity, but because you've been very stressed, you haven't been sleeping well, um, your nutrition has been off, whatever, or maybe Mm -hmm. you, you Mm -hmm. went out drinking last night. Um, and now I see from your workout, actually you had a heart rate response that was like 30 beats a minute on the whole higher than what I expected. Um, mm. when really this was supposed to be a lighter workout today because tomorrow is supposed to be a, a higher intensity workout. Now I'm going to take that information as a coach and without you even asking me to do this, 
I'm going to go into that next workout and make some adjustments because what I intended um, the effect of today's workout was going to be uh, on you and, and your body um, was very different than the reality of what it, what it actually was. And so now we are, you know, even though we're not there with you physically because of this data that we're getting and, and like we are asking you questions. So like that would prompt yeah, some of yeah. those questions of like, Hey, how have you been sleeping? Have you, and then you're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, actually we had, you know, I had a coworker, it was his birthday. And so we went out, mm -hmm, I didn't get home mm -hmm. until late we were drinking, you know, whatever. And like, Oh, okay. Well, like, we're not going to shun you. Like go out, have fun. This is where I feel like I would be like a high maintenance uh, coaching client because I'd be like, all right, let's plug you in. I got the eight sleep. Let's plug you into that. I got the whoop. Let's plug you into that. Like I got, I'm tracking mm -hmm. some nutrition on some, some apps and things like that. So I, I can imagine like the coach can only handle so yeah. much data, right? So, so they'll take like what, what, what they're able to get from um, an Apple watch, but that, that does kind of lead me to wonder, like, uh, and, and it's funny, you actually just posted a, uh, a really great thread on Twitter about uh, goals. So it was kind of like a counterintuitive thread because you were kind of like, ah, goals, goals mm -hmm. are no good. I'll let you, I'll let you describe it. But, but basically I, I, I wonder, I wonder about the different types of goals kind of people come to you with. So like for me, for instance, it would be about, okay, I would like to um, gain general fitness. So I'd, I'd probably liked things like my resting heartbeat to go down or yeah. my HRV to go up. I'd probably like to gain some muscle and, and be able to measure that in some way, shape or form. But like, what are, what are some of the different types of goals that people come to you with? And then like, how do you guys think about that? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, it, and it varies on, on everyone. I, I think we do see a, a good number of, of members who are similar to you and almost kind of have a bit of their uh, quote unquote health yep. stack um, and where they're getting like very specific, specialized. They're looking at things like um, heart rate variability, um, their, you know, maybe some things in terms of their strength numbers and, and um, overall fitness, stuff like that. I think what what, what we try to do is also kind of get to the root of like, why, you know, almost asking the, the series of five mm -hmm. whys. Like, Oh, that's a Dave Klein tool right there. He broke out the five whys on my uh, podcast episode with him. <laughs> it is. It is. Hey, every like 80% of the, the stuff Dave puts out there, I'd send to all of our coaches and my team. So we're definitely uh, taking notes from, from him. Um, but, you know, I think, I think for us and, and even on that thread, you know, I, I mentioned it's like probably a lot of what I'm advocating or what I'm saying is, is more so semantics. It's, it's, you know, I, and I do think oftentimes people focus too greatly on the outcome goal on the, you know, losing 20 pounds being the thing that is going to bring me happiness mm -hmm. or it's going to mm -hmm. change my life or there's, you know, or winning in, in the case of athletes, winning, a, winning a championship. And I think when, when you're so beholden to like that one thing, which is all ultimately, you know, sort of a, a, a fixed destination, um, when truly life is, is a journey, I think it can be really actually deflating when you get there and you realize like this, this one thing in and of itself didn't like change my life on the whole. Um, because there's also, especially as it relates to fitness. Yeah. I might get really motivated because I want to lose 20 pounds. And we see this all the time. People being very cyclical. 
I'm really motivated because I want to lose 20 pounds. And so I stay at it. I stay at it. I stay at it. And then I get there and then you're sort of like, Mm. okay, now what? And a Mm. lot of times people just shut down and they, and they, and they stop. So it's like, how do we, how do we flip it to where, you know, we, we really focus on the journey and the process over the outcome. And then, you know, I think that's where people will get into, well, it's, it's process goals. But to me, I, I still think it's a different mindset. It's, it's, it's your habits. It's, it's having discipline. Um, and, you know, I think, I think sometimes even in, in, uh, in, in forming habits, it's easy to rationalize or, or make excuses. Um, and, and I do think, especially that's where having a coach can, can help at times is like, there's, there's sometimes where it's just like, Hey, no matter what, like, just go get it done. Like go, go take, you know, take the first step. Um, and having discipline, um, I think is what leads you to start to establish these habits, but it's going to, I mean, I, I think, you know, many of us all understand at least to some extent, the, the science of habits. A lot of times it's, you know, depending on what you look, it's at least three weeks, if not more, um, couple months to really establish a habit. And so in the meantime, you, you just got to have discipline. It's like making, making a decision, um, that just, I, I want to live healthier and, and going and do the, doing those things and having the, the support and accountability of a coach, I think it, it is a big piece of that. And I think even, you know, for us, some of that where, um, we can see your heart rate data. We can see if you've skipped exercise. We see whether or not like you did, you did the workout, you know? And I think it takes that at times for people where it's like, I don't even want to work out today for me, but Mm -hmm. I want to work out because I don't want to like let Mm -hmm. my coach down. I don't want to let, you know, this other person down. And, and in terms of outcome goals, you know, to me, it's more of like just a, a mindset shift. I think an outcome goal oftentimes leaves room, um, to sort of be like wishy washy, like, like, Oh, I want, I I want to lose 10 pounds. I wish to lose 10 pounds. Um, as opposed to kind of making it a, a declaration. Um, and so I think like how I think about it is just, it's more of a mindset shift. You know, I think a lot of people would say, well, well, that's, that's still a goal. Um, but I think it's, it's a different way of, of thinking about it of like, I, I, I will do this, you know? And, and I think there's, there's a different type of discipline and, and mentality that um, comes into it there. But, you know, ultimately getting back to your original question, I think it's, it's meeting everyone where they're at. And so everyone's experience is going to be a little bit different. Some people are starting from, you know, they haven't worked out in five years or they've never worked out, you know? And so it might even just be like, Hey, let's, let's do something to be active for five minutes today just today. We'll worry about today. And then when tomorrow mm-hmm. comes, let's mm-hmm. do the same thing and let's do the same. It's kind of the, the idea of, you know, flossing your teeth. Like most of I'm, I'm really <laughs> bad. I need to get better. But if you want to get someone to build that habit, you say, you don't say, Hey, go floss, you know, all of your teeth. You say, Hey, mm-hmm. go floss one tooth. And all of us are like, you know, you almost take that as an insult. Cause you're like, I can, I, of course I can floss one tooth. But the second you hit that one tooth, like, think about right. it. Do you stop? You're already there. So you keep going. And, and so I think for a lot of people, um, maybe it is going to the gym. It's even like, it's a win if they just go to the gym, if they go to the gym and they spend five minutes there and they didn't even work out, 
that's a win because they have to, they have to establish that habit of going to the gym before it can even become, you know, this, this bigger habit and, and part of their routine. Um, now for someone like you, you're past that. And so now you're getting more and more specific. And I think that's also where in a lot of ways it's, it's much more relevant. And also you've sort of earned the right in your journey where we need to be that much more precise with everything that we're doing with your training and how we're adjusting it and things like that. For someone who's, who's never really worked out, um, you know, or things like that, it's like Mm -hmm. literally they Mm -hmm. just need to maybe start, um, going for walks and, you know, some of the stuff you hear, like, park in the back of the super yeah 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 yeah, of the of the parking lot and take the stairs and walk you know and and it's 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 things like that and so i think the the human element in the relationship at times actually becomes uh it's so foundational that it actually becomes even more important than the data because a lot of times i think people blindly make decisions Mm. based on Mm. on the data but even that data is just it's still such a small piece of your um overall, like kind of what's going on with you mm-hmm. a, as mm-hmm. a person. And, and something that I do think gets overlooked a lot is your psychology will ultimately drive your physiology. And, and even when I was in sport with, with the Bulls and, and at Purdue, I always said, you know, ultimately, I think the success that we had in, in developing these players physically was because we focused so much on the, the psychological piece, on the mental piece. Because when you mm. feel when you have less stress, when you feel supported, when you feel safe, when you feel you have choice. And that's another thing with our experiences. We're not necessarily, or ultimately the goal is as we, as we build a relationship, we're actually forming a partnership. And I think if ultimately, if you're in control of that and, and you feel that you have ownership of it and you've had choice, you've had a voice in, in that decision, um, you'll see outsized results as opposed to if I'm just telling you to do it and I'm forcing you to do it, there's going to be mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a stress associated with that. And then also just that whole stress environment, as you know, leads to this like vicious cascade type cycle of like, now I, oh, yeah. I struggle falling asleep. I don't sleep as deeply because I'm fatigued. I make worse choices about, you know, what I'm eating and when I'm eating. And, and I just, I, I start to lose, you know, discipline. And so I think, I think for us, it's, it's really starting with that relationship. Um, and it, ultimately I think what it is, is beyond educating and empowering you, it's giving you confidence. I think when we have confidence, yeah, you, yeah. you create that environment to ultimately be successful and, and see sort of the, the end results that you want. I, I think that point that you made around, uh, psychology and the importance of psychology is, is a really interesting one because I think, I think to your point, like maybe, maybe people like me get too focused on the data and we're like, well, what's, what's Mm -hmm. going on with this, you know, the HRV and what's going on with this, this data. And, but to your point, like the, the psychology of it all is a massive, massive driver. And so that's why I kind of think I, I, my own personal prediction, and I, I have no skin in the game here, but my own personal prediction is that coaching generally speaking is going to just Mm -hmm. apps is about to absolutely take off in like multiple different categories. And I made that Uber comparison, um, earlier, but I think that, you know, whether it's in fitness, whether it's in nutrition or some combination of both, whether it's in the career space, I, I think that could be a massive, massive thing as well. Um, and I think that the, I think the thing that is 
going to really be the catalyst here. And I think future seems to be like a really good example of this is, um, Hey, look, we're all very comfortable doing things like you and I are doing right now, which is, you know, talking to each other over the internet on a video screen. Right. Um, technology is enabling this for the first time in history, really for these, like what were just one-to-one physical relationships now Mm -hmm. can be, now you can leverage the time of a, of a really expert coach. And you mentioned all these coaches are, you know, coming from professional sports and college and super, super impressive backgrounds. And like, you never would have had access to them before. Now you can get access. Mm -hmm. So I think that's cool. Um, I know we're kind of coming up toward the end of our time here, but I wanted to just get your view on, you know, you think about where this goes next, right? So I think about the fitness space, super competitive, but like a lot of really awesome companies, Future being one of them, um, but a lot of really awesome um, companies and brands. Like I mentioned Whoop, I got my Whoop on right here. Nice, there you go, yeah. I'm a big consumer of them, oh man, I got my Peloton. Oh, nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. All this, so I got the Apple Watch too. Man, I, like I, I think I'm a little bit more secretary, but <laughs> you um, load it up. But but, but I love I love yeah I love them all. But but I'm like okay, Whoop is probably gonna want to get into coaching in some way, shape, or form. Peloton, you know, is sending me emails now, marketing their new thing that's got like a camera that wants to watch mm-hmm. you work out and give you feedback in some way, shape, or form. And then, of mm-hmm. course, computers and our artificial intelligence is getting so much better now. So, like, I guess I'm curious about, like, if, from your seat at Future, but also also from your seat as, you know, I mentioned you're, you're a venture partner at a firm called TXV mm-hmm. Partners. Uh, where you're looking at, you know, health and fitness companies and trying to predict what's going to, which ones are going to kind of take off over the future. Like, what are your kind of thoughts on like who the ultimate winners are here and maybe, um, you know, who your biggest competitors of future are and maybe if there's like partnership opportunities even for you guys with some of these companies that I mentioned. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, and especially speaking specific to future, but even, going back to what is this larger problem that we're trying to solve, which is, you know, helping people live longer lives and better quality lives. And so to me, I think we win together. Um, and it's, it's not, you know, the, the traditional business mindset or landscape and, and startups and all that is, is kind of, you know, death to my competitor, um, or anybody that's even kind of in a related space. Um, to me, I think it's more of like the only way that we're going to have that type of impact of, you know, ultimately um, helping not even one day, like just hundreds of millions of people, but like, how can we help billions of people live better lives? I don't believe any one company is necessarily going to do it entirely on their own. And, and so with us at Future, mm-hmm. um, I think we, we sit in a, in a really unique spot where we have the opportunity to sit at the center of all of that. Um, and it's one of the reasons why I'm also like constantly trying to connect with um, these really talented founders and, and other brands that are in our space and even people that are doing like something very, very similar to us because I think it's like, how do we find ways to just like all, you know, find all the like talented, amazing people that are, that are on this shared mission and how can we help one another? And, and where I say future for, for us, we kind of sit at the center of that is like, 
for example, with, you know, what you just showed is, is, I mean, you had three things, actually, you had your, your whoop band, you had your Apple watch and you, you have your Peloton. Um, when you come to future, we're not saying, Oh, like Peloton's trash, quit riding that. We say, Oh, you, you enjoy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. riding Peloton. That's, that's something you like. It's a way that, um, maybe you find community, you, you know, whatever. So we say, okay, how often do you want to ride Peloton? Oh, you want to do it two days? Well, you know what, actually based on your overall plan, what if we add a third day and then we'll put, you know, a few strength days and a, and a yoga day in here. Um, and now your, your coach is actually encouraging you on that day to make sure you follow through and, and you ride your Peloton. And then they're following up with you afterwards. Mm-hmm, the same mm-hmm. thing with, with whoop is, mm-hmm. um, that gives us that much more data and understanding of you and where you're at for, um, ultimately what, what, what I think is, is going to do it. And what you see everyone trying to do is, is kind of this N equals one approach. And, and so that's what you see with, um, with the wearables, you kind of have, you have these, these connected fitness products and, and things like that, which, um, still ultimately is a, is very much a one to many experience. You know, the, the instructor on screen doesn't actually know you exist or who you are, but that doesn't mean they can't still give you a great mm-hmm, workout mm-hmm. and, and something that you enjoy. Um, it, you know, and, uh, especially if it's just like, you need to move more and you need to move a, a little bit better. Um, and then the, mm-hmm. you know, all the wearables you see whoop or ring, um, levels patches, Apple watch, um, mm-hmm, eight mm-hmm. sleep has, it's not a wearable, but yep. it, um, gives you those. I've same, got, same I've, got a, of, I've got eight sleep too. I, I recently got a, they're incredible. Sleep, uh, yeah. A couple of weeks ago. That's pretty cool too. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, you know, I think all of those things are ultimately giving those, those insights, um, and understanding of, you know, exactly what do you, what do you need? There's other companies trying to do the same thing with hydration, like understanding exactly for you, what are your hydration levels and Mm. what do you need and electrolytes Mm. and, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think what, to me, at least, I think what we've seen is, is the pandemic came and, uh, instantly it put our personal health for, you know, all of us front and center. Um, where I think people started to, you know, really, um, prioritize their health because you see like how precious kind of life is and, and how important it is. Um, and so, you know, initially it's like shelter in place. So a lot of people are going to these solutions like Peloton, like Tonal, whatever it is, these connected fitness products. Um, and then I think it has an effect for a while and and it helps you for a while, but ultimately, you got to figure it out still on your own. You got to be self-motivated. You got to pick like what even is the right workout that I, that I do today. And you Mm -hmm, don't necessarily mm -hmm. have have an understanding of that. Um, and then I think it, 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 the pendulum kind of swung to like, well, I'm just going to get all these wearables, this Garmin watch, this levels patch, this aura ring, and it's going to tell me all about what I'm Mm -hmm, doing, but mm -hmm. then it doesn't actually give me direction for, um, you know, like if, if, if I didn't sleep well, that's great to know, like, what do yep. I need to do so that I, that I sleep better, you know, or, or how can I mm-hmm. change mm-hmm. my behavior? What needs to happen here? And so I think that that missing piece and where we're coming is like having someone who can make sense of all of this, uh, 
personalized data and then also direct you to maybe things like like tonal or uh, Peloton or going to Barry's boot camp. Like if that's something that's going to get you more active, then mm-hmm. by all mm-hmm. means, hey, let, let's you know let's work that in that you do that um, a, a couple days a week. But um, I just think you know, and I always think kind of the the analogy of like the the Warriors, especially when they went out and got you know KD and and all of that. It's like how do we just build this this super team um, and and have that positive some mm. mindset because I think I think the more we we come together and find ways to help one another um, and, and support each other in, in what we're each building, even from a from a business perspective, you know maybe our our piece of the pie uh, or our percentage of the pie is less but it's a way bigger pie. Yeah. Um, listen, man, I, I think, um, I, I, that positive sum philosophy really resonates with me. And that's, I, I kind of mentioned mm-hmm. it, uh, earlier, but I think what, what I have witnessed from like what you're doing on Twitter every day, um, and what, in the work that you guys are doing, like, I think you guys are like, uh, it's, it's not just words. Like, I think you guys are actually living it. And I, and I totally no, agree I with it. I that. think, I think that philosophy is actually something that I've kind of learned later in life. Cause you know, my mm-hmm. background was, you know, coming up on wall street and it was like cutthroat is the type yeah. of thing where it is like truly like, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. it's either you or your competitor. Right. And I'm sure you have a lot of that just from your background in, oh, yeah. in, in basketball and when, you know, trying to win championships and stuff, but the space is so huge and the problem yeah is so big in terms of people trying to really wrestle with their health that Mm -hmm. I think it legitimately makes sense that there's, that there's an opportunity for, you know, you guys to partner with some of these other big companies. And and I think there's a lot of space and, you know, different people are going to find different solutions that work for them. But I think that, um, to me, uh, I think we're like tip of the iceberg here in terms of starting to see coaching, really proliferate, um, at the mass market level. And I think it's Mm -hmm. going to be super interesting to see how health insurance companies respond to this, how, um, you know, employers respond to this because it makes all the sense in the world, I think for, you know, even just from a preventative standpoint for these players or stakeholders to support this. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if a year or two down the line, you know, my employer is coming to me and saying, Hey, you want to yeah. be, uh, you want to have a future coach? Like, uh, we'll pay for, you know, half of it or three quarters of it yeah. or something. Like that. And we're seeing a lot of that early already too. I, I think, uh, you know, to your point, it's, it's ultimately, um, and, and it's going to take time, but how can you, uh, prove out the data to make the the financial case with employers, with healthcare companies of, you know, the, what are, what are the, what are even just the, the, the cost savings of someone being health healthier Mm. and us in invest, making this financial investment on the front end, whether I'm an employer or a Mm -hmm. a healthcare Mm -hmm. company um, that I save on, on the back end of the reactive costs. Um, And, Mm. you know, certainly Mm. with employers, there's this this element of you know productivity uh sure um because you're kind of when you when you optimize health you're also optimizing um performance but then you know i think there's just there's an overall happiness and and satisfaction that that comes with it you know and um 
So mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. things like this program and what we're seeing with uh, employers is as a business, you know, it's an arms race to get the very best talent. And so, you know, what are what are all the additional um, sort of things that you're able to provide to really care for your employee and, and not just the mm. person who mm. shows up for work every single day, but like the whole person, because whatever is going on with that person, um, at home and away from work and whatever stresses they have and, you know, all of that, whatever burdens Mm -hmm. they have, um, that's going to bleed into how effective, how productive they are at, at work. And, you know, you see it like, especially with professional athletes, if somebody really starts struggling on the court, for instance, the first place that we look is off the court. What's going on in their life? What's going, you know, how are they, how are they sleeping? How are they managing their health? What, you know, what's happening with their relationships? Um, and how can we support them mm-hmm. off the court? How can we really reduce any and all stress that they have away from the court? And in this case, away from work, mm-hmm. um, because then we're going to get the best version of Greg when he shows up for work every day. And then that's going to have yeah. Yeah. a very compounding effect on everyone that Greg interacts with every single day at, at work, you know? And so, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I think people mm-hmm. are starting to figure it out, but as you know, and you know better than I do, it's, it's, you got to have the the data to ultimately make that financial case for these bigger uh, sort of institutions to to really change and embrace mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. I think, but again, I think that's why it's it's all of us coming together. It's all these amazing, you know, eight sleep, athletic greens, whoop, aura, Peloton, tone, like, yeah, and and yep. together, I think we can help drive that case, and and it benefits all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. All my favorites. You know, I love athletic greens after my last episode with Kat. Um, Hey, listen, dude, this is, this has been awesome. This has been so much fun. Um, uh, I could, I could talk to you all day. We might, we might have to do a part two because I feel like there's like 10 questions I didn't get to, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, man, but, but thank you. Where, where can, um, where can people find future and where can they find you? Uh, cause I want, I want to make sure people are following you because, uh, you're obviously out there talking about future all the time, but you're also putting yeah. out a lot of great content on stuff like leadership. Um, so where, where, sh- where should we look? Uh, so you can find us at future, future.co, C-O, um, and kind of learn everything about, you know, what we're building. Also, if you want to get an idea of, you know, the, the type of coach you'd be working with, you can go to future.co slash coaches and see a range of, of, um, you know, the backgrounds and, and who these people are. Um, and then for myself, you know, I've really been trying to use Twitter more and more as, as a platform to share. Um, so at Jay Bonitall, um, I'm starting to, uh, try to follow your lead with, um, hosting a podcast myself, (laughs) the future of human performance. And and so with that, we're, we're largely highlighting um, our coaches at Future um, to hopefully give you cool. a little bit more insight of like who, who these people are, their story, because they have amazing stories. They all have kind of different passions and expertise um, that, that tie beyond fitness and just like helping you with sort of your overall human experience. So there's a lot of stuff of, you know, overcoming doubt and fear and being vulnerable and um, imposter syndrome and, you know, all of these things that you might not think is part of, you know, fitness and working out, but it, it, it turns out, you know, 
um, especially with a lot of these elite athletes, that's a lot of what their coaches are, are, are doing with them. So we're trying to, you know, share those, those stories more and more there. Yeah. Awesome, man. So, well, I listen, I will link to everything that you just mentioned. So to future.co to, uh, your Twitter and also to your podcast, man, you give me, you give me more homework to do now. I got another podcast <laughs> to listen to, uh, but I'll, I'll link to all this kind of stuff. I'm sure everybody's going to want to check it out, um, afterwards. So Josh, this has been awesome, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. No, I really appreciate you having me on. Um, I'm flattered, especially to follow the likes of, you know, Dave Klein, Cat Cole, John, all these people that you've had on. So to be included with that company, <laughs> man, thank you. Awesome, man. Thank you. Hey, everyone. It's Greg again. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Josh. Don't know if you noticed, but somehow I forgot to ask him my standard closing question. What have you figured out in life that others haven't? I totally botched that. I'm not sure what happened, uh, but uh, we'll get him on for a round two and we'll find out the answer to that one. My bad. Sorry. Uh, anyhow, check out Josh on Twitter. Check out his new podcast and also check out Future. I'll link to all of that in the show notes. Finally, remember to subscribe to the Intentional Wisdom Newsletter. One email every two weeks. I promise it's full of value. That is the Greg Campion promise that you have. I hope that's worth something. You can find it at gregcampion.substack.com. Tell your friends about that and about this podcast too. I would appreciate it greatly. That's it. I really appreciate you listening and I will see you next time.